0: The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here.
2: What's up, everyone? Welcome to a Stranger Things visited episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 708. And I'm Snow White.
0: And this is Aaron. And, dear listeners, this episode is brought to you by True Call Coffee, T R V E K V L T Coffee.com. Um, and let's say that you are excited about Stranger Things. Maybe you've been revisiting your love of Dungeons and Dragons and fantasy and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So um, True Call Coffee, not only do they make fantastic coffee and you can go out there, subscribe, never run out of coffee. It's a great thing. But if you go to Embodiment Printing Press, Google it, Embodiment Printing Press, um, they have some awesome shirts one of them is i'm gonna screw this up it's dungeon master in the sheets something damn it i i should have had this prepared this is great radio great radio hang on damn it let me let me find this real quick but they they've, they've, they've got all kinds of great just just great um uh, why wasn't I better prepared for this? Here we go. Embodiment Printing, they are on Etsy. And let's see here. Unisex shirts. I know. It's the best you've ever heard. Uh, let's see here. Um, <laughs> the Black Coffee shirt's a good one. And mm-hmm. damn it. Oh, here we go. Here's the first one. Uh, it says, yeah, I'm into BDSM. Battles, Dragons, Swords, Magic. So that's the first one. (laughs) I think he made this one for you, Snowy. Uh, It's Night of the Living, Laughing, Loving Dead.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure he had me in mind with that, yeah.
0: Okay, here we go. Now I've got it. Player in the sheets. No, damn it. Player in the Streets, Dungeon Master in the Sheets.
2: Ooh. Yeah.
0: So, you know... I
2: like that. I like that.
0: Go out to Embodiment Printing Press... Um, you're gonna find all kinds of fun stuff. And here's the deal: if you're like a small band, contact him directly. I know he's printed for other bands and businesses. Like, if you're thinking like, man, I wish there's a way to do blah blah blah, chances are this guy's gonna figure it out, man. So true cult coffees, coffee be no culta. Is a man of many talents, a very creative man, and he just figures shit out, dude. He he is, you know, not going to be stopped by anything. He has, you know, ideas all the time, and he executes on them, you know, all while raising a lovely metal family.
1: Mm-hmm. Right on.
0: You know, that's the great thing because he has right. young ones around. him. that's the, age of my the kids. important thing. Yeah, yeah. So. Again. Support True Coke Coffee because it's not going to some giant conglomerate. You are supporting a small metalhead raising a wonderful family and, you know, working on other kinds of ventures. And if you think about it, you know, let, like tying this to Stranger Things, this is, you know, the small town. And being a metalhead is like being a small town. You know, our community may be millions strong, but there's never that many of us in the same place at the same time. So it's all like being a small town. Mm-hmm. So support other small town businesses in the small town of Metal USA. You know, right and, on, and, that, right and that's, that's, my, that's my spiel. That's it. I'm calling it. All right. I can't do any better. so <laughs> over to
2: you. All right on, yes. <laughs> Well, thank you. That's actually very creative, and so a good way of looking at it. Uh, For myself this week, okay, we're doing things a little bit differently, um, like, with this episode and from the days, like, we're kind of putting it together, because, like, the past weekend, as we speak, it's July 18th, okay, and we both had two very long weekends, which we're not going to get into this week, this episode, but definitely next, because we're doing something, you know, a little bit different, a little bit stranger, shall we say. Um, it just as it just got as the season as this as Stranger Things four, season four, as as it got on more and more, it became very obvious. It's, it's like, OK, this is stuff that metalheads can relate to particularly metalheads in the eighties, which we were been there, done that. So you actually came up with the, with the great idea of here, let's, let's forego a lot of our our usual stuff, but, and give, I uh, know a good focus and attention to something like this. And it's like, yeah, great idea. Stoked. I just had the Herculean task of trying to squeeze the whole season in in about, I don't know four days, five days before we sat down to do this because I had other things going on as well, which we will talk about next week. Um, so before we do kind of get into that and before we even do tonight's mandatory metal, segment i did want to throw this out there just because it is so somewhat relevant because july 17th 1982 the famous or maybe infamous metallica demo no life to leather dropped so wow. i thought maybe that's yeah that that yeah, really uh,
0: goes well with tonight's discussion
2: <laughs> with, um, with what Aha, huh uh-huh. So I thought maybe I'd throw that little tidbit out there before we got on with the grunt here. And to do that, let's go to the mandatory metal segment, courtesy of True Cobalt Coffee. Wicked new record available now. Death Whore, their album, a Total Teutonic torso. Say that fast five times. Ah,
0: total Titanic is... torsos. I like that. <laughs> That's a good one. I need to use that. It works yeah, someday.
2: Hi. There we are. There we are. This is Death Whore with Tell Me About Justice. Like I said at the top of the hop, I believe, um, this is your puppy. This, this was your idea. I I know how stoked and how excited you are to do it. So I figured what I'm going to do is just kind of set, 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 set you up here. And basically follow your leads as we all talk Stranger Things season four. Um... So basically, yes, as I said, I had to basically tear through the whole season just to get us here. <laughs> and and I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. We were really stoked, Mrs. Snowy and I. We, we sat down, we watched it together. And it was one hell of a ride. So what's on your mind? Well, I want to
0: set a lot of things straight. And I, I want to start by talking about things that Stranger Things does well. We're, we're going to talk about the early seasons, then we'll come into season four, because season four really struck a chord with me, right? Season four is 1986. Mm-hmm. This is when I am like playing in, in my first rockish kind of band, playing bass, discovering Metallica. You know, all these things are kind of happening at, at the same time. The Satanic Panic is sweeping America. You know, the Gerardo show is going to be on in a year or two. And, and you, you've got just all this stuff going on. And I've been hearing other podcasts talk about this. And the hosts are at minimum 10 years younger than us. You know, they, they okay. might even be 15 in some cases, but they're at least 10 years younger, sometimes more. And I found it very interesting their perception because they're talking about it like they're experts, like they were there. They're like, oh yeah, I know the eighties. Well, yeah, you might have been born in the eighties, but you <laughs> yeah. don't know the eighties. Like I was uh-huh. born in the seventies. I don't know dick about the seventies. You know? Like I was born in it and I can kinda of remember nineteen seventy eight and nine, maybe. Barely, mm-hmm. you know, but but you really don't know the 80s. And you had
2: to have been there. Yeah. yeah.
0: And there's there's a lot of things that, that have bothered me. So we're, we're going to kind of discuss that. But so um, for anyone who hasn't seen Stranger Things, skip this episode. Right. Pause it. Go watch the seasons because we're going to we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. And I don't want anybody to have it spoiled because it's really fantastic. Right. Like, like the, the series in general. So I know you and I have talked about this off the air, but. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ta- I've mentioned on the air. The girl with the silver eyes. Did you ever read that book in grade school?
2: No, and we mentioned this last episode. You Did I talk saying, about like, it? Okay. Yeah, we we kind of touched upon um the in, the various influences that the Duffer brothers had, you know, which that's something I'm going to be talked talking about too, especially this this fourth this fourth season. I can see where some of their influence where they where they've got it from and you kind of touched on that last week. Yeah. Yeah. The girl with the silver eyes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that that's a big thing I wanna I wanna call out. Um I it I've only run into one other person so far who even remembers the book a little bit. Um it it was actually like a, a, a kid's book. I mean it is like a kid's mystery suspense book and it it checked all the boxes for me when it came out. The author is Willow uh, Willow Davis Roberts, uh, W I L O. So please go give it a, mm. a, um, a read because if you enjoyed Stranger Things, you'll probably even enjoy this as an adult, and it might even be a great book that you could introduce your kids to, who are too young for Stranger Things to kind of prime them for it, you know.
2: Because Brian.
0: the thing that I found interesting, Snowy, is that. You know the, the series starts out what nineteen eighty four or nineteen
2: eighty three? Yeah, it's a, c- a couple of years before the event of this season.
0: Yeah, I think, it's, I, think I think like season one like set in nineteen eighty three, right? So the first thing I want to talk about is, is you because you've seen them all except for three so far, but right? Did what was your take on just how accurate each year was from a historical perspective?
2: Uh, Well, okay, you're really really testing me here Because I'm not too familiar with those first two seasons Like when we sat down to watch When we first sat down to watch um, the fourth season They had a recap of how the third season ended And I'm like, oh shit I thought we had seen all three seasons leading up to this No, this doesn't even look familiar at all Okay. So, yeah, I, I got to go and do a little bit of homework, but I do kind of, I can answer this question because I thought they did a good, gr- you know, they did, they did a great job just going by what I, I, I can remember here. Like they, they put the time and effort into making it a period piece, shall we say?
0: Yeah. And, and a very yeah. accurate one. And that, that's my, my first thing. So like 1983 really felt like 1983 to me. But then 1984 with the Ghostbusters craze and they had the kids as Ghostbusters and it's set around Halloween. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. they nailed that, right? And then uh, season two is when they introduced Billy. I think it's when they introduced Billy.
2: Right? Okay.
0: Am Am I starting to blur it? I think so.
2: I'm sorry. I'm not 100%.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think they introduced Billy in season four, two. And then season three is set in 1985. And the focus of that is the mall, the shopping mall. Mm. Now, was the shopping okay, mall. That in
2: itself is very 80s. Well,
0: yeah, and that's what I was going to ask. Like, was the shopping mall a big deal up in Canada?
2: Oh, of course, yeah. Well, when, uh... I
0: honestly don't know because because like I have my bubble of America, and you know if you watch <laughs> the news, um, America is poisoning the world and we're killing everybody. But then when you start to really do research, then you find out like, oh, we're not the worst polluting country. We're not great, but there's countries way worse than us. So, mm-hmm.
2: oh, that's.
0: That, that's that's why i ask. i'm like i don't know i don't i only know what you know i've been able to experience here
2: right right no i will say malls were the thing for teenagers in the 80s i don't think so much now okay because there there was a time okay kids teenagers and all like like they work in the fast food like in the food courts And all that and they work at the hot topics and in the women's clothing shops and well for me it was the
0: Radio Shack.
2: Oh for sure. I I worked at a
0: Radio Shack in the nineties in a mall, you know. You had the Annie Ann's, the cookie places, you know.
2: Yeah, um, but that was that was a hangout in that was a hangout area in the '80s, and now okay. But see, I don't know for sure because I'm not when I'm when I'm in the mall, which I'm in one maybe once a week, hanging out with my brood, and all that. I don't see a lot of the groups of teenagers hanging out, you know, in front of their favorite stores or in the food courts or outside smoking or whatever. It's just it's. It, it is, it is kind of different, but in the eighties, yeah, it's one malls and arcades, you know, like, whew, they, they, they reign supreme.
0: Yeah. So, and that's, I think season two started in the arcade. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that one up. So like the arcade was the focus of season two and then the malls, the focus of season three and then season four, all bets are off because everything's kind of gone crazy. Um, but season four, yeah. set in nineteen eighty-six, the um the boys are now at their freshman year of high school, and um mm-hmm. eleven and Will and you know the whole Byers family has moved out to California, and I really like that they introduced the stuff in California because California to somebody who grew up in a small town, especially a small midwestern town, uh. It was like another world.
2: Oh, definitely.
0: You know, even not getting to visit California until two thousand one was like my first time setting foot on California soil, you know, at LAX. It was like holy crap, people live here this way like all the time? Like, <laughs> geez. You know, it, it's just a different world, you know. Um <laughs> but yeah so okay so yeah,
2: yeah. physically and politically so, socially California yeah you know yeah
0: right and so the other thing that I've enjoyed is just like how they, they they pick those things from each year and they set it up right now you grew up in a fairly yeah. small town I believe right is Winnipeg a fairly small town or are you a pretty big city how how many high
2: well, schools I guess are around? no there? it's Oh, dozens. It's, okay. It is It is a big city. Like, I'm not talking Chicago, New York, London, like, but yeah, it's, it's in the top 10. No, maybe about the sixth biggest city in Canada.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Well, how many kids so, were in your okay. graduating like, class?
2: Oh, fifth. Oh, it, it's, it was a 1500 student, uh, school.
0: Okay. So, and, uh, you
2: know, and X, X amount for a couple hundred were, were graduating.
0: Okay. So your graduating class so, is at yeah. least no, two I to three hundred. Right. Okay. All right. My graduating yeah. class, we were lucky if we made it to a hundred. Oh, okay. That's how tiny my school was. Like if we uh, had 400 yeah. people the entire time, we were lucky.
2: You grew up in Pennsylvania, but small town Pennsylvania, right?
0: Exactly.
2: Right, right, right. No, I'm actually in the big city. Like, okay, let's put it this way we have a at least one major league sports team, which in the NHL. So I think that having at least one of those qualifies as a big city.
0: Well, yeah, but you were closer to so, home
2: because, like, haven't...
0: I, I wasn't that far from Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh Sorry? is not that far now. Um, but it sounds like okay. like you lived closer to the action than I did.
2: By the time we got to this city in '85, yes, yes. Like I grew up like my with my dad in the military. We did grow. I did spend a lot of time in small communities like Force bases and in Victoria, BC while the capital of british columbia it was definitely not a big city so i'm kind of glad by the time i hit my teens really hit my teens it's like through a big city where there's a metal scene where there's a punk scene i can just (laughs) because you got a better chance of being yourself aka a metalhead a punk in a big city than in uh, like on a force base or a smaller community. Okay. You know, because you would get lynched and we'll probably get to a story a little bit later on when we talk about the satanic panic and all that.
3: Exactly. We do
2: have our really, we have our conservative communities where even in Manitoba here, where it's like, wow, when, when are we going to get our first witch burning? You know, especially, with, uh, with the political climate going on right now, which, yeah, it's down in the U.S., but it's starting to seep up here as well. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So,
0: you know, um, I, like I said, I grew up in a very small community, so I really identify with Stranger Things. You know, our high school mm-hmm. and our middle school were right next to each other like that. Um, you know, we used to walk across the street. It was a very short walk. So I, it's, man, so many things about it really rang true. Like, um, I think it was in season three, like they had, you know, the, the public pool in the town. And I remember going to our town pool and just,
3: uh, you know, it wasn't big,
0: Uh you know, those sort of things. So that's the first thing I want to set up is, you know these other podcasts i've heard saying the things they're saying you know and th- that aren't true and this is one of the times when i hate the internet because everybody's an expert because they can google it and confirm whatever they think is true because google says so but google is just pulling back like aggregated searches, you know, there's this thing called search engine optimization. So you can make sure whatever it is that you're selling, pushing, whatever comes up first in the search engine. That doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that it's correct. Right. Which, you know, all Mm -hmm. the same, the the irony about, you know, what I've heard these podcasts doing is they're also the same people that were like, you know, saying, well, you have to fact check. You can't trust this stuff. I'm like, What the fuck do you guys think you're doing now? Like, it's so funny. Right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got these people that are younger. They're like, well, no, that's not how it was. This was on the radio here. And the discussion went on in the Facebook group. And there was me and a couple of uh, other people were like, "Uh, no, this is what a small town was like in 1986. Like, you have no idea what a small town was like in 1986. You know, like, we didn't go anywhere, dude. Um, we we went to Pittsburgh for a concert occasionally. Actually, I think that was my first concert. It was nineteen eighty six, April nineteen eighty six. So around the same time okay. that this Stranger Things season is taking place, I was seeing Kiss for the first time. You know, ah, okay, and it it's that was my first time really going into the city to the arena to to a big concert, seeing all these people I'd never had that experience before and that was something that we had to travel to and it was not easy like we didn't even have the roads roads today so i I really want to you know just give the creators a shout out to how meticulously they have created small town america right Mm -hmm. like i
2: created consultants yeah yeah
0: yeah, like i was i was really impressed i'm like wow like they really did their due diligence you know down to the radio Shack wasn't a corporate store it was a franchise store and mm-hmm. I was like wow because that's really rural right because if you if you had you know like a, a pretty big city nearby, you're gonna have quite a few corporate radio shacks even in the smaller areas you know by 1986 mm-hmm. at least but the rural parts that's where you had the um, the stores like what, what Bob had in season two, you know, the, um, the franchise radio shacks and having worked at radio shack for a number of years, I'm you know pretty familiar with that stuff. So that's interesting. Right. So I really appreciated how they, how, how they've treated metal or just how they've treated music, but really how they framed up metal throughout this season. So as you watch season four, you met Eddie. You met the Hellfire Club. What were your initial thoughts?
2: Um, something that like I, I knew these kids. I knew the um, the the Hellfire Club, the the D and D kids. Like that was when this, and it goes back to you know the getting that meticulous detail. I first discovered D and D, although I didn't play it very much, I, but I had friends that did, and I kind of knew what it was, and it just, while uh, maybe maybe it actually started in the late 70s or whatever, but it was a very 80s thing, and they were actually right to um, to include it in something like this, and so that, that I definitely saw, and the Eddie Munson character... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. I knew that guy. Okay. Um, um and in some ways I was that guy. There has been some memes popping around late lately, okay. Um saying that all men should apologize for not being Steve Harrington and Eddie Munson. Haha, uh-huh. that's funny, <laughs> I get it. Right. Okay, because these these characters, you know, these are brave brave souls that fought the element, and and even though they were older than and this is a trait that I really dug with 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 these two, even though you know they were older than the other than the other kids. Okay, because I remember when I was seventeen, did I, I really didn't want to be hanging out with thirteen year olds, the you know? But still, I. I could have done it, you know, and I think everyone just appreciated Steve and Eddie doing that. You know, they couldn't just ah oh, kids, leave 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 me alone. Yeah, they had to do to that. Okay. Yeah. So when they say when they say all men should apologize for not being Eddie Munson, I responded by saying, uh eh, I was a metalhead. I was a teenage metalhead in 1986, panic era. I was the original Eddie Munson. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I think that rings true. I think he's definitely a lot goofier than I was. Okay, but I think there was a lot I probably see more Eddie Munson in me than than maybe like Bill and Ted. You know, yeah, or some some of those definitely more than fucking Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. That shit is coming back. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh,
2: don't even get me going with that.
0: Yeah. Well and and that's what like I really appreciated the Andy Munson character. <laughs> okay. Oh, you cut so, out yeah, again. Can... Sorry. Go, go ahead.
2: No, I'm I'm back. I'm back. Okay. I'm back. Um no, another way that I could um Relate to Munson was, after the fit had hit the Shan and the jocks and the preps, well, he's evil, you know. That you know the the whole satanic panic is going on. Like I, I had jocks, I had preps that didn't like me just because I was a metalhead. I, I remember, some some kids. Oh, I'll never forget the one time, in sociology class. No, it was psychology class. When uh, the various different things were bouncing around during the group, during group discussion. And one one girl actually said, well, doesn't that heavy metal stuff make you kill yourself? (laughs) Oh, my my psychology teacher, his head turned immediately, looked at me, saw that I wasn't about to tear this girl a new one and then went back to her and said, "Uh, yeah, I think we'll save that topic for another day though
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> like like maybe when snowy's not around <laughs> like when he's sick we'll we'll talk about that yeah the the look of terror in this teacher's eyes because he knew me quite well from from other classes yeah. and said subjects that that, that he talked and it's like that was just not any place that he wanted to go. <laughs> and and yeah, so I definitely, there were a lot of things that uh, that I I could relate to. I, I think they nailed it with Eddie Munson.
0: Well, I do too. And especially with the way like the entire basketball team was going out hunting him.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. You know?
0: Because there were the jocks that, because I mean, let's face it. You know, you got a bunch of young boys going through puberty. Testosterone is running wild, right? Mm-hmm. And the, these are not excuses; these are facts. You know, everyone mm-hmm. who wants to talk about science this and science that, look this shit up. But um, so you've got all this testosterone going on. You've you've got you know this male dominance thing, and th- they felt one hundred percent justified just going and chasing chasing after him because he must be the devil because of the music he listens to because he plays these games. That's all they knew. Right. They had no (laughs) other context other than he played a game that the media told them was bad. Right? Mm -hmm. And that he listened to music that the media told them was bad that they hadn't listened to or played themselves or experienced in any way. And that was all they needed. They, they felt perfectly justified. And when I saw that, I, I just chuckle about everything that's going on today where, you know, all the bands that we love that were the victim of the media in the 80s you know how many of them were like, "Oh, trust the government, trust your media, do this." I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, and, and that's that's even more. I I find John Joseph is just the the OG because he's just like, yeah, no, don't trust that shit. He's like, come on,
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Uh huh.
0: And and it's uh-huh. it's just Which... really funny, you
2: know. Definitely, the... definitely. Now, sorry with yeah. with the with the whole with the whole COVID and the government. At, you know advising you to wear a mask and advising you to get immunized the the conservatives are 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 you are, are, are like um uh, you're you're all a bunch of sheep if you trust the government okay you're all a bunch of sheeple which by the way we were using that expression decades oh, before yeah. before covid ev- ever hit well conservatives just to let you know <laughs> okay well I remember back. When the Conservatives were doing trust the government do 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 what the media says battle is evil
3: You know horror
2: horror movies are evil So whenever some of these conservatives today get up on their high fucking horse and start yeah And 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 start giving me their two cents when really they're they're only getting into the game regardless of their age They're only getting into the the world game in the last couple years you want to preach to me? No, no, no. Everything that you're saying now, we went through from getting it from your side back then.
0: Exactly. But that's my it, point. It with around. you mm-hmm. know anybody who's saying trust the government and trust this. No, no, no. You can trust this. They're probably lying, right? As we saw in the mm-hmm. '80s, and you know the people that, that are saying. Oh, don't trust it! Don't trust it! or no! Oh, you can't trust them. You know, like, 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 like when when you have the the other side of whatever you know the 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 other branch of government fighting. Them, it's like, well, they're just upset because they're not getting their way this time. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? It, it's like you know you you've said it before, the republicans, where it is just you know people fighting for control. And I was thinking about this. Uh, you know, and and this 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 is really rings true for today. But any group that's trying to divide, right? So if there's a group that's telling you stay away from this person, this person is evil. You know, I mean, mm. unless it's truly a convicted murderer, that's another different thing. But you know, when when we're talking about like this race caused this, this race causes this. LGBTQ is bad, you can't talk to trans people, blah, 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 blah. Like, insert whatever here. Any group that's going for division is not the right party. And that means both sides of this argument, right? Because Mm -hmm. when you look at the extremes on either side, you have, you know, like, no, no, you're a conservative. You're obviously an asshole. And it's like, well, no, no. I'm a racist Republican, but um, I still support abortion. I support you. I support gay marriage. Like, no. Mm-hmm. And what, what, what being a conservative means to me is, you know, less government and, you know, and we can talk those other things. But that doesn't mean that I don't like or don't support whatever's going on. But, but you've got these devices like, no, you have to hate them. It's like, no, no, no. You know, if if your message and, – and this goes for – I don't care if you're a fucking religion. I can't believe I just said that. That was kind of a great phrase. But, <laughs> like, if you're a religion, if you're a political party, if you're whatever group you're identifying with, if you're seeking to divide, you're the problem. Even if you think that you're, you know, doing the right thing. If you're seeking right. to divide the people – it's the you're you're never you're never right here, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, and it's it, that 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 does that doesn't solve anything.
0: Yeah, and and if you think about like what happened in season four, right? That's what Vecna and you know the Mind Flayer they're seeking to divide, right? They're trying to get inside your mind mm-hmm. and and create this panic, and create those things because then they get control because there's doubt, you know. So so I just I find those things really interesting. So I'm glad you mentioned Steve Harrington. How about the growth of the character Steve Harrington from season one to now?
2: Well, um level, like like I said, um like he's he's almost he's l- l- labeled a hero like like I said, he's this what he's seventeen eighteen. And he has all of these characteristics of a mature adult, you know, this every man that's kind of thrust into this situation and he might not necessarily want to have to deal with it, but he kind of knows that uh, I have been tapped by for whatever reason to do something about this. And if I don't, the world is going to literally go to hell in a handbasket and yeah. he stepped up.
0: Well, and in- did you hate him in season one? Because I hated him in season
2: one. Uh, it's it, it's it, a it's a little foggy. Okay. It's still like like I said, I have to go back and,
0: I, and, I really and see the first three. I really hated again. him. I really hated him, and I did not see there any redemption because he got into a fight with Will Byer's older brother, right? Because Will Byer's older brother, I, whose name, I'm sorry, guys, I don't have all the character names um, mm-hmm. memorized, but, you know, he um he got into a fight over him because, you know, Nancy and him were friendly and there was nothing going on, but they were just friends at the time. And it was the jealousy spurred on by his friends. And, and it was just they really had the that division that was going on between anybody who was the preppy kids, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. anybody who wasn't the preppy kids. And, and uh, that, that's, uh-huh. that's been the, kind of that central theme, you know? And to see Steve do that 180, like he shows up at the house in the end of season one, it's like, no, uh, you know, uh, what's going on? Why are you guys here together? And then when he's thrust in this situation, like you said, it's like, he, he, he changes. It's like, okay. And then they all, all end up kind of being cool. Like he comes around and then just the, the character growth because mm-hmm. in season three, when him and his co-worker Robin from the ice cream place at the mall are trapped by the Russians, you know, and she was talking about being obsessed by him. Um, and she she basically comes out to him. She's like, well, I was obsessed with you, not because I liked you, but because so and so liked you. And I wanted her to look at y- me the way she looked at you. And he's like, but she's a girl.
2: <laughs> and she's
0: like, yeah.
2: Yeah, And uh, and
0: then it's like silence and you see it and, and, you know, you see him stick the landing and she's like, you're still there, you know, and, <laughs> and, and then he jumps in and she doesn't know what he's going to say. He's like, he's like, oh, come on. She doesn't even sing that great. You could do way better than her, you know, and the two of them just start carrying on. I'm like, okay, that was cool. You know, and, and it was like a major, major growth moment, you know i just i I just love how they found all those characters, and again, leading up in this, into season season four here, so the satanic panic right mm-hmm. what 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 did you suffer during the satanic panic like like what sort of bullshit did you have to deal with while that was shaking out
2: well um metalheads were devil worshipers, horror film fans, yeah like. Ugh. It it was just as bad. Like I I had a double whammy. Okay. Like I I never had any jocks want to kill me or literally or or anything like that. But there's just you know there is a certain segment of you know this the the school population that just did didn't like me because I had a venom backpatch on. Well, he's he's one of them in horror films and well, you so know, the he's, horror he's film thing I find
0: interesting because. It was all the preppy kids who were into the horror films in my school.
2: Oh, okay. It was all no. the
0: well-dressed kids.
2: Okay, that's different.
0: Yeah, like I mean, <laughs> that's like I
2: from what I do.
0: I loved monsters and vampires, but like the real hardcore—well, hardcore for the time—like all the Nightmare on Elm Street. That was all the preppy kids loved
2: those. Okay. Okay, well, we may maybe we have different ideas of what what preppies were, but um, no, yeah, they I think were.
0: That'd be interesting too. To,
2: they to, they, they were they were like the Mean Girls in the movie Mean Girls. Those were like the preppies, and then they got seen that, that movie.
0: I'm many oh, okay.
2: times. <laughs> okay, yes. Bottom line, there's just a certain a certain people that just. He's got to be evil. He listens to that heavy metal. You know, he's sick in the head. He watches those bizarre horror movies. Yeah, you know, he's a little on the nerd side as well. Like it's just, and I, in no small part, to that age. Uh, you know, in in terms of, it was the sign of the times. Okay, like everything going on with with the Satanic Panic with with the PMRC and of course having. Boomer parents. Oh, okay, we're... now. Sometime, the most um, controversial or the most obscene thing that a lot of boomers had growing up was El was Elvis and his pelvis on the um, on on the Ed Sullivan show. Right now, fast forward to the eighties. Now you have all these these boomer parents, and it's like. Oh my God, nothing compared to this Iron Maiden, you
3: know,
2: (laughs) you know, yeah, we had Frankenstein when we were kids, but now this Friday, the 13th stuff, that's just sick. Uh, That doesn't help either.
0: This is where I definitely had the different childhood because the only place I wasn't under fire was at home. Like that—that that was really the the only place Absolutely. that I was safe to enjoy all this stuff. Like I, you know, I love stuff like the Creature from the Black Lagoon, the Frankenstein movies, the monsters, like any 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 sort of like creature horror. We'll say like I, I never really had a desire to watch, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street. I eventually saw them, but I was more into like the sci-fi, like like what stranger things is like the creatures the telekinesis like those sorts of stuff um right and i think for my parents you know seeing the cover of an iron maiden record is like well yeah this makes sense cuz he loves the creature from the black lagoon like they they completely made the parallels right oh he loves godzilla yeah i see i see these things here like i i get these themes these stories you know the ancient english stuff cuz i was also into you know that, that sort of thing. You know, you know, just j- just all it. Mm-hmm. You know, my my grandmother being from Scotland and following the crown. So, you know, I I think I told you like my grandmother bought me my Motley Crue record and my uh, like? Ride the Lightning uh, tape. You know, right. Mom used to take me shopping for the Kiss well, records. You know, right. And, and it just like like I never well, yeah. I, I never had to. I, I never had to deal with that persecution at home. Now I don't think I've told this story no. in the air, but um, you know, mm-hmm. I grew my hair long, and mom, mom's one rule, she's like, if you're gonna have long hair, it's not gonna be ratty long hair. So like, I had to do things like VO five hot oil conditioning treatments to my hair. Right.
3: Right.
0: Um, but you know. Like, where, where mom said she wanted it to work, it had another side effect. Because mom insisted that I take such good care of my long hair, all the girls wanted to play with it. Ah. <laughs> like I, I, I was like the school cat with as much as my hair was fondled, you know.
2: Ah, okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. so so that, uh, it really, it, it worked out in, in my favor, you know. A lot, a lot of good things. Yeah.
3: I can uh, see right. that happening,
0: yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's say that Vecna gets a hold of you and um, you know, as mm-hmm. we saw with with Max, you know, this the song Running Up That Hill brought her back. What would what would be the song that that somebody could pop on your Walkman, your cassette Walkman right. that would have pulled you back?
2: Okay. Well, first before we kind of get into that, because yeah. we we were discussing the Freddies, you know, oh, yeah, and, yeah. and the horror films and all that. The whole Vecna character. Yes. And the way he, the way he spoke. Uh, OK. And those sequences where he's chasing after Max and he's even like when he's talking to Nancy, to you, Nancy, that was Freddy Krueger. Oh, like, yeah. Bang on. <laughs> like, like, like when he was chasing them the the girls in that they're unconscious, oh, okay. It was the same thing chasing after Nancy in the dream sequences, in the Nightmare on Elm Street. It's like, oh my god, yes, I could totally see the '80s influence on this. Like a lot of this this Vecna does come from Freddy Krueger. Yeah. So I, th- I thought I, I I noticed that right away. It's like, wow, okay, I, I definitely see this. Um, with, with the, the songs to get you out of the upside down, you know, what song are you going to slap in the Walkman and all that? I actually, I, I, I have a list here. Okay. And there was a, a, like a couple different trains of thought. Okay. First of all, there's that one song that gets my attention that, that would, would be Break Vecna's spell and get me out of the the Upside Down. It's got to be, you know, some songs that you really love. Okay, but but I was also, with a couple of the songs, I was also thinking, well, what works? Like, if I was making the movie, okay, if I was one of the Duffer Brothers and all that, not only would it have to be a song that I really dig and can relate to and have you know, be still my heart for what cinematically would make a great song as well. And in terms of just a song just 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 for me, okay, every time I hear the opening riffs to Van Halen's Panama, okay, like the world stops.
0: Nice.
2: And that's that's that <laughs> that that is definitely one. Yeah, uh, you're familiar with the Jay Giles band, Centerfold. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's another thing. Just the way every time that song starts, and I have the song memorized, and it's just <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, mm hmm. Yeah, like that, like stuff like that, you know, it's, it's going to get my attention, it's going to pull me out of whatever situation that 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 i'm in and it it just works in that department for a cinematic um for a cinematic song like a cinematic idea like that that kate bush song yeah like that's that's way out of left field almost but i guess they wanted to pick a song that a girl kind of an outcast in the mid 80s what would she listen to what could she relate to yeah. that would have been Kate that would have been Kate Bush well, and lyrically <laughs> it fit
0: with what happened with her brother in season 3 um okay. but dude i didn't know who kate bush was until i saw stranger things like i uh,
2: i completely okay.
0: missed kate bush
2: right i was never a fan myself i don't have any of her albums and all that but there was actually a lot a lot of metalheads, okay. Like when we talk about the pen bangers section, okay, of the old metal forces and all that, and people writing in to look for pen pals and they give a list of their favorite bands, and you have all these 80s thrash. There was, so, I read so many people say, yeah, and I also like to listen to a variety of other things like Kate Bush. It's like, it just—I saw this so much that like, like Kate Bush seemed to connect with '80s metal fans. I don't know, maybe, maybe it was just me. Uh, maybe I only saw a small portion of
0: that. It honestly makes sense because Kate Bush, with with like her new wave, kind of gives way into what was starting to happen towards the mid to late '80s with Wax Trax records and bringing over front 242 and um kmftm and i think there's some others and like honestly even early ministry kind of is is like that you know but mm-hmm. before before they get the heavy guitars and stuff but i oh, i can sure. see how that all starts to tie together
2: mhm mhm and i and i see i see why they chose that song and prize all of a sudden, it like the top-rated song on iTunes at least until Metallica came along. Lay, later on in the season, but yeah, was wasn't that song all of a sudden back in the charts? Back? Well, it's
0: still number six on you the know? global charts, right? Oh, and, okay, and that's what like th- this is what I find funny is there's people that are pissed about that. Like, oh, well, I was already listening to it. I'm like, okay, one, anybody who is now pissed about Kate Bush, was probably also first introduced to Metallica with either one or Enter Sandman, and now you know how I felt. Um, but okay. two, it's now 40 years later. Like, shouldn't you yeah. be happy that other people are discovering Kate Bush? Like, the there's, pain's not as bad. There's a now. whole
2: generation of people yeah. now, yeah.
0: Yeah, so on the global chart, sure, she's sure. number six. On the global chart, um, Master Puppets is 97 Okay. Um now in the US Master Puppets is fifty-six uh and Kate Bush is number ten. And then ah. in Canada, um in Canada that's where Metallica is like in the sixties, and I'm looking for Kate Bush here in Canada. Now Kate Bush is still number six in Canada. But that's where Metallica ah. drops down. Um so like sixty four. So yeah, so it's great that uh, Metallica is charting now and Kate Bush is is charting because I mean honestly I don't know if Kate Bush charted in the eighties if that song would have charted in the eighties, you know because really in the eighties it was only pop not charting.
2: it's this song is more over now yeah yeah hmm mm-hmm. this song is over now more than it's of public. Consciousness. I'm getting a lot. I'm seeing a lot of memes and a lot of sentiment on the Internet and people making the joke of how Post Malone put Ozzy on the map. Right. Well, this is this is the modern equivalent, or the new equivalent like that. That Stranger Things, man, that program, they they really gave that Metallica band a push. Right. right. <laughs> you know, not you know. knowing. Like this is the biggest band on the planet, you know, in terms yeah. of everything. But it's just like that's not my thing. I'm only hearing about them now and because of Stranger Things, so therefore that could possibly that could be the only reason why anyone would hear of this. So now so I'm sure some of these were tongue in cheek, but I'm sure there are those fans that thought Post Malone was putting Ozzy on the
0: map. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I mean like coming back to like the Kate Bush thing, like I am I'm honestly glad Kate Bush is still still number six on the charts and that so many people like that song. Because what's happening now is a bunch of kids who are probably early teenagers, right? Let's let's say somewhere between fourteen and eighteen are now hearing Master Puppets for the first time and they're hearing Kate Bush for the first time. Mm-hmm. and that is going to shape what music we get in the next probably 10 to 20 years
2: at least I could see um, more and more um, bands wanting to you know give their music and all that for different syncs like, like TV, like Netflix shows and and various different movies and all that you're 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 going to be seeing more of that okay just like um, the metal lords may have introduced like black sabbath to a new yes. younger audience yeah okay? so
0: much metal to a new younger audience
2: yeah mhm mm-hmm. we're we're going to be seeing more of that over the next few years on Netflix programs just in regular TV shows alone, I really yeah. think a lot of people, a lot of a lot of producers, a lot of filmmakers are going to be clamoring for more metal music to be synced into their you know, into their it's always fun and it's always exciting when I hear metal where I'm not expecting it, especially yeah. if it's heavy, heavy stuff. OK, it's kind of what happened with the new Thor movie. I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to spoiler it. But as a metal fan, I marked out in this one point.
3: Oh,
0: nice. OK, that's good to hear.
2: Of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has happened uh, with the, the X-Men Apocalypse. Yes, movie.
0: that was a killer one. Uh, okay, yeah. which,
2: just out of the blue, they're now, you know, they're playing the four horsemen, Metallica's four horsemen in the background. Not Sandman, not something from Load or anything, but the the early stuff, because it fit better. And so I really think we're going to be seeing more and more producers looking to metal music. You know, some of the more underground and more heavier stuff when when it fits. They're not going to be afraid to say, well... OK, this this band, band X, it's it's just too heavy. It's just now our listeners would never go for it. I think it's going to be. Yeah, it's heavy, but it fits. And I think the audience now digs that.
0: Well, and I'm glad you brought up about like the underground thing, heavier and underground. So here's here. Here's one of the big things I wanted to talk about on this one is these, these other people that are a good 10 years younger than us, um, mm-hmm. when they talk about the Metallica scene with Eddie Munson,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, one, they're shitting all over BC Rich guitars. And that is absolute proof of their age. They're like, BC Rich, those are crappy. Well, yeah. When you were coming up playing guitar in the early 2000s, they were garbage. But not not then like they they were the holy grail to get a BC rich was the holy grail the warlock mm-hmm. you know, That's in why 1986 they used it. yeah like 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 that and it's just like wow you know you're a guitarist and you don't understand that but but you're also not a metal guitarist and if you're not a metal guitarist you're not going to get that you know but mm-hmm. what really hurt is they're like well I don't see why they chose a radio metal song like Metallica's Master of Puppets. What? Yeah.
3: Yeah. And, and and they're just
0: going on saying, "Well, yeah, it's radio metal. It's, it's all radio metal." And and that's the thing is like in this Facebook group, you know, th- me and a few others chimed in and were like, "No." Like one came out in 88, that kind of got airplay, but really only on MTV. Radio mm-hmm. Metallica didn't start till 92 with Inner Sandman, you right. know? And, right. and then, of course, right. there's people like, oh, well, I grew up in California. I'm like, no, 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 uh, I, I agree because I was jealous of people that grew up in California because I would have, you know, or like meet friends or friends' cousins that would come from California and be like, oh, yeah, we got this great radio station. Oh, they were playing Master of Puppets last night or they were playing, you know, something off of Kill Them All. And I was like, oh, no. Like radio plays Metallica, where you're from. I'm thinking, like, wow, how heavy is California? This is great, and that's one of the reasons I always want to go, right? But that right. did not happen in small town America.
2: No, no, out outside outside of Los Angeles and San Francisco and New York, where all the population is, and in order for metal radio to really work on the commercial airwaves, the AM FM, the only way for it to really work is in big populations where the people are to find that audience. Like there is no way a metal station in any, in any era. Okay. Is going to connect in any big way in Iowa, yeah. you know, like it's just, or Idaho or Utah or Colorado. Or it's just, it's just the, they don't have the mindset or the population for that, for that, for that to work. So whenever, like we had, yeah, we had metal on the radio, but it was like Friday night at midnight for an hour, you know? And that's when they would get into some of the Bay Area stuff or some stuff from England and all that. But it was only a couple of songs every week. You know, we couldn't re- rely on radio. Yeah, we couldn't rely even even on MTV. We had the power hour here up here on 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 much music. That's right.
0: it. We had the Headbangers you know, ball you know. and none right. of that stuff came on till late at night. You had to mm-hmm. stay up to see it. And we would, you know, but mm-hmm. the rest of the time. Right. And and again, like the Headbangers ball is what, two hours. So there are other 22 hours the well 22 plus 24 you know for the the other 6 days were all the pop music and the occasional hair metal song blended in
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know so it it just it, no no and,
2: for sure that's that's the way
0: yeah and no. and that's when that that's where the internet well. really gets it wrong what was our
2: point to this
0: yeah what, well the, the point lie is lie the fact question. that people think that Metallica is a radio metal band and has always been a radio band right and they weren't you know not in 1986 like metallica was not a radio friendly band in 1986 like that that was it they they were underground because they're thinking that that they weren't underground metal enough for that scene you know oh yeah i'm back okay but there's they were thinking that like they weren't underground metal enough for that particular scene And that's where they're coming
2: to. Did I lose you?
0: No, I'm still here.
2: All right, we kind of got off topic there. Where, 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 well, well, that's what we do on this show. So, so where are we? Where do you want to go next?
0: All right. Well, so let's talk about. um, uh, Well, so actually, I want to share my song because we talked about your songs of bringing back. I, I think for me in 1986, the song that bring me back from the upside down would have been "Heavens on Fire." Because that was the song that started all for me, you okay. know. And just to hear that, woo, 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 you know, um, right. I, I think that would have been the, the one I, I honestly think, I um, think anything that. Master of Puppets, you know.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, how about the scene no, no, where sure. Nancy is, um, you know, possessed or whatever by Vecna. Like, you know, Vecna has got her. How, how about when they're, they're going through Eddie's uh, tape collection and like, don't you have any music? And it's like, like all Iron Maiden, all that sort of stuff. I loved that scene. like, <laughs>
2: so, yeah, it's got, it's, I got a whole bunch of it right here. Yeah. He's like, this I is music. I got a whole collection of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like, don't
0: you have any Madonna? Like yeah. they oh, so great.
2: <laughs> and that's I—I I heard that was another thing that I heard back then. Well, that's not music.
3: Yo, ha-
2: have time. you played it? Yeah, have have have? Can you play it? Like, what what can you tell me about it? Except from just some knee-jerk reaction to it, where you're not really saying anything. You're just putting whatever, come, whatever comes to your head without any real thought. Like, I got that all the time. Well, that's not music. Okay, can you tell me? I'll tell you how it is. Yeah. Well, that's the end of the conversation. Then, well, then shut up. No, well, no, no I've got that. That's not music.
0: And that conversation was put to rest when Metallica did the first Symphony and Metallica concert. Because when you sit down and you hear those songs uh, with a symphony orchestra, yeah. like that's when it's like, oh yeah, th- mm. th- there is some composition going on here, you know.
2: Like <clears throat> right. It, right. it, it becomes it, to, hard to for those people that to are going to give it a shot. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. Right. But All right. There, there are going to be those people that just, even though your point has totally been made, well, that's not. I need your reaction. So you're still wrong. Okay, I I can't. There's no point on talking to you anymore, Susan. I'm I'm out.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right. You have a guitar. You can play guitar, and you're going to distract Vecna. Right? You're going to distract them in the the upside down. What song are you going to play?
2: Oh, jeez. Master worked so well oh yeah you know like it, it it it, really did and just just from a cinematic idea as 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 well number of the beast
0: I was like, thinking the same thing works. I'm like that would have been a perfect song for them to play yes
2: because it it works it works Yes. Yeah. same thing same thing with Riot's uh, Fire Down Under Are like you... that title alone and when it kicks into oh, the yeah. chorus fire down under is it like, that works. That works so well. But and, I, and, and and the rights to it would be a hell of a lot cheaper. Oh yeah. Well,
0: <laughs> I think they could have gotten away with Paranoid, right? Like like an Aussie yeah. song. I think they could have gotten mm. away with that. Um they could have gotten away with The Trooper. Like almost honestly, almost any oh, yeah. of the first five Iron Maiden albums would have worked.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like
0: almost yeah. anything from those. Almost anything from the first three Metallica records. Right? You could have played oh, um Oh, fuck. Uh, Whiplash. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Four Horsemen. Like, any, any of those, you know. I, I, I think there's so many great songs like that. And honestly, like, Master Puppets. Prophets, like, when I think about myself in 1986, that would have probably been my choice, you know.
2: Oh, well, yeah. It's just a good all-around all choice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely, definitely. Like, if you're really, really, really talented, and, okay, one of the most famous guitar instrumentals is eruption yes okay that that would that would definitely kind of work as well
0: oh yeah yeah because
2: maybe and then once again you're introducing a whole new generation not necessarily to van halen but the idea of a guitar being you know a powerful weapon yeah And I loved when you were talking about the BC rich and all that. When when Munson walks in, honey, I'm home. Yes.
0: Oh, (laughs) that scene is the best.
2: You think, is it his wife or or is is it a girlfriend? Like, what is it? And no, it's his guitar, it's his axe.
0: Yes.
2: Amazing foreshadowing. Okay. Because he was going to, that was going to play a pivotal role in saving the world. Yes, (laughs) Yes, old. <laughs> you know. So that that was absolutely fantastic.
0: Yeah, and oh, and, and I, then I love that. that's where we can kind of cap this off. So, um, heavy metal saved the world
2: again. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> just just like it normally does.
0: I know, but but I mean, <laughs> like, like think about that. Like what. <laughs> that that's that's where the historical accuracy of the show and 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 everything that was going on in that particular year nobody would have ever believed that heavy metal would have saved the world you know in any for for any reason
2: no 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 because it was it, it was the metal that was causing the earthquake
3: yeah, exactly. it,
2: it was it was the metal that was it, yeah. that that's why she was possessed it was, it was the metal and the horror films and the, the violent pro wrestling. And just like, I've, i i heard it all. I heard it all. And I just, it, it was, it was a feel good moment. Okay. When he jumped up like four, four metal heads, like when Munson jumped up on the trailer and just started shredding yes. like, like that, I chills, I'm getting chills now. My arm is in the back of my legs, but back of my neck, just talking about it now. Yeah. Okay, it was just like um, the the end of Metal Lords as well. Okay, yes, when when Emily showed up with with the cello, and it's like, let's do this. Yeah, you know? and that was like the metal version of when Sandra D showed up at the end of Greece. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know,
0: that's a great comparison. Yeah, same forward. thing. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I I got chills, and as a metal fan. It was just—it was a feel-good moment. Yeah, uh, you know, like it just—it the lump in my throat, the heart, the, the you know, the the breathing, the lump in the throat, eyes get a little misty, and all he's doing is just playing puppets on the. Well, he's doing more than that, but he's he's just jamming. Yeah, you know, and it's just for someone like us that appreciate '80s Metallica more than any other era. Yes. Like that's that 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 meant a lot. That was huge. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: It I I I love it. I I what I think what I appreciated the most is and, and you almost have to wonder, like, were the Duffer brothers themselves metalheads that were obscured? Do they have friends or a relative that was and they wanted to kind of turn the tides? Because while, you know, the town obviously, you know, at the end still thinks that um, Eddie was the murderer and all that sort of stuff. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like we know Eddie was a hero. And then Dustin goes to uh, Eddie's uncle and says, hey, I want you to know that I was with him in the end. He fought to save this town, you know, and and the uncle starts to get emotional. Like, oh, you know, I knew he Mm -hmm. was a good boy kind of thing. And and like that's I, I I think that's kind of important, you know, like kind like, kind of like one of those hidden messages, like, hey, guess what? Heavy metal didn't kill the world, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like,
2: like, yeah. No, I get it. Yeah, it, yeah, it was it was
0: yeah. nice to, nice to 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 have a positive light because if you think about it, anytime somebody puts a metalhead in in a movie, they're the villain.
2: Oh, yeah, metalheads, punks, like goths, they're yeah. all, yeah, especially in the 80s and all that. And it's oh, like, yeah. oh, this, is, this, this is just sick. So hopefully, this shows a whole new generation of the next generation, I should say, coming up. That no, no, don't listen to what your, well, I guess maybe now what your grandmother said about bands in the 80s because they really had it going on and to guys like us they were the good guys so being the good guys and have it going on let's drop some music that i'm sure uh mr eddie munson would have had in his collection how about some classic angel witch the title track from their album frontal assault
0: a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms check us out head over to shiningwizards.com where it's still wrestling talk
2: and talk about wrestling was the mighty exploited from their more more modern day record fuck the system that is the title track but dude like the exploited go back to the to the early 80s oh yeah as well i thought i thought that was very appropriate and before that that was the mighty fateful breath from their gold in glory album that is king of the rock now that song Okay, even though like Faithful Breath were kind of more underground, kind of fit into that new wave of heavy British heavy metal, although I don't think they were from England, but they kind of fit that mold. That was an anthem. Like you just heard it, King of the Rock. That was a fucking anthem. And it was an anthem for the more musical connoisseurs. I would I would definitely say. So yeah, that's always good stuff, good stuff. Um We were like, we've said, okay, you know what? We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. But I really do think I would like to do an indie spotlight. Okay. Because, um, as you're going to find out, it's definitely going to fit.
1: We're always on the lookout for fresh new talent. Check out this Indie Spotlight.
2: Okay, I can assure you that the local Winnipeg punk band led by the local legend John McGowan, they never got their moniker of the strange things. Okay. From the Stranger Things TV series. Because I think and I was just I just saw John and the Strange Things play just a couple days ago that kicked off my awesome weekend. And I kind of asked him about it. And I said, you know what? We're doing the next episode we're going to be talking about Stranger Things season four, but I'm pretty sure that you guys with this band you know predate the series I'm kind of for came up. I wasn't watching it I had heard of this show after the fact that we were already off and running with this band and that kind of you know what I think when when I think about it yeah that kind of works out so i there was no way okay <laughs> that we were going to get through this episode without playing the strange thing and i figure it would be best suited in our indie spotlight so without further ado winnipeg punk band the strange things from their latest release Unleash the hounds, this is Run Like a Wolf. Facebook.com slash the-strange-things as well as things.bandcamp.com. Go check them out there. Like I said, there's no way that we were going to get through this episode without playing them. And they, this they deserve it. They deserve it. It's being fronted, The Strange Things, fronted by Mr. John McGowan who is, like, you like to say how I'm the mayor of Winnipeg and how everyone knows me and all that. Well, Mr. Gowan, he is one of those old guard in the scene as well. Like, this guy knows everybody, and he's done it all. He's seen it all. So, yeah, everyone, give the strange things all the support that you can Well, my friend, um, actually, before we get on out of here, why don't we go out with uh, kind of another appropriate band, Bitches Sin. Their heyday was the new wave of British heavy metal in the early 80s as well. But let's go with the title track from some of their more recent records. How about The Rapture? How can uh, people get a hold of us?
0: Well, Dear Snowman, facebook.com slash radmetal. That's our social page. If you want to see pictures of the things that we talk about, which, well, not so much this episode, but at radmetal666 on Instagram, because, you know, typically when we're talking about music or whatever records we picked up, you're going to see those there. And if you follow us on Facebook, you'll see those pictures. Snowy had a pretty great haul this past weekend.
3: Mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. lot of stuff
0: that made me pretty thrilled there um, To hear all the episodes Past, present, and future Radioactivemetal.org That's where everything's at But of course you can find these podcasts Anywhere you can find a podcast We triple dog Dare you to not find us Someplace where you can find a podcast We're you won't. everywhere you won't. Um, We're like the American Express of the 80s We're everywhere you want to be Um <laughs> You know, since we've had such a nostalgic episode this week. But we are even on Spotify, thanks to the fine folks at uh, Shiny Wizards Network, shinywizardsnetwork.com. It's a whole host of wrestling lifestyle podcasts. There's even this podcast called wrestling Night in Canada, where the host sounds like Snowy. It's crazy.
2: Hmm, yeah, yeah, I bet you he's a good-looking guy. He is a very sure.
0: handsome man. It is true. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. He's like Errol Flynn, I've heard. I'll take
2: that. Um, (laughs) Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so thanks to those fine folks. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're everywhere you want to find podcasts. Go out. Share us with a friend. Send us email, radmetal666 at gmail.com, or just hit us up on the social pages. Comment on stuff, because... You know, I I would like to know, where were you in 1986? What was your metal Mm -hmm. experience? You know, uh, were you small-town America? Were you maybe even more rural than I was? You know, and Mm -hmm. and just for anyone who is new, when I say I grew up in the middle of nowhere, if you've seen the 1968 Night of the Living Dead, that is the area I grew up
2: in. That's That's where you lived, that's right.
0: Yeah, that's where that's I grew right. up. So, so if you think about that and how remote that was, that's where I grew up, guys. You know, and it didn't change much from 68 to 86. But I digress.
2: Mm-hmm. So in the meantime and in between time, that's it. This has been a Stranger Things Visited episode of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. Signing off.